I am Alessia Messuti and today I'm joined by Florence Béraud, an instructional designer with a focus on the e-learning field. Over the past 15 years, Florence has built the skills to develop learner-centered programs. She recently became a Moodle certified educator, competent to develop courses on the Moodle platform, to train users and trainers on Moodle, or help institutions to develop their in-house e-learning capacities. In today's episode, we discuss the transition from face-to-face towards online learning courses, practical tips, as well as frequently asked questions and challenges. Good morning, Florence. How are you? Good morning. I'm very good. Thank you. Where are you based lately? So I'm based in uh, Geneva. Okay, okay. So we are, we're, we are quite close. Eh? Torino, yeah, Geneva, almost neighbors. And um, can you just remind me about what do you do in, what do you do in Geneva? What, uh, what is your uh, field of experience and expertise? Okay. So um, I call myself a learning specialist um, or commonly an instructional designer, meaning I design and develop training program in collaboration with subject matter experts. I'd rather use the word learning specialist because I want really to focus on the learning side of the training. So um, how, how people learn and what they do with the skills and competencies that I acquire, that they acquire. So that's why I, I like to call myself a learning uh, specialist. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's interesting and a uh, good, uh, good way to frame it. And uh, indeed, we are having this series of conversation with uh, lots of uh, um, e-learning experts, learning experts, but also designers, as uh, we, we, we are aware that the field of uh, e-learning design is a multidisciplinary field, no? and uh, it's very much about uh, sharing different perspectives on how we do things, on how we implement uh, e-learning programs. And, um, and actually, I, I thought uh, to interview you because I know that uh, as a learning designer, you have been uh, quite active, of course, in the field of uh, supporting organization and uh, institutes uh, in uh, designing uh, training packages and curriculums. But lately, of course, as many others, you had to work on supporting organization and trainers in converting mm, from face-to-face yes. format to online format, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that uh, the, last, the last year, year and a half, has, has uh, seen a great shift towards e-learning and also a realization that so much can be achieved with e-learning, that tools and platforms are ready. Um, but at the same time, that it is quite a effort to uh, re-engineer existing residential courses into e-learning. So it's been an interesting year and journey, let's say. Yeah, I, I see that, I empathize. And uh, it, it's, it's nice to hear from you both, uh, both the sides, no? so that from one side you say it has been a positive journey, interesting because uh, it's interesting to see how much can be achieved and what are the opportunities. 
because probably before 2020 there were a lot of uh, still skeptical um, voices <laughs> towards yeah. online. Yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, as you said, uh, challenging because uh, of course uh, there is uh, an effort, there is a workload that needs to be taken into account and of course uh, um, it's learning on the go, no? About uh, what works. Yes, it is. It is, yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's a bit the worry in the sense that uh, people come to the realization that so much can be achieved with e-learning, that there are some really uh, benefits to it uh, in terms of potentially costs, especially when, he, when it comes to, you know, uh, people don't need to travel and you don't need to rent rooms and so on and so forth. But at the same time, my, there, I think that my worry is that there will have been some, let's say, project or training that went online that were probably not ready to go online so it was just you know we take the face-to-face -face curriculum and then we just do it online and I'm, I'm, I'm a bit concerned that some people may have had some painful experience of e-learning so um, it might be a bit um, negative towards e-learning so we have to when, when a good e-learning program can really be very very powerful but it needs, it needs some in-depth in redesigning to um, yeah. transfer residential training from e-learning training. So here we are, 2021. I think it's um, it's it's a more of a mature time. People are ready to, I think they understand the challenges and, and, and are ready to tackle them, I think. Yeah. No, let's uh, let's stop. I mean, I, I what I'm realizing right now out of my experience is that, uh, as you said, uh, there are still some challenges, but I think we are raising uh, also the bar in terms of how people perceive what is possible, yes. and um, we we kind of uh, feel that there is a more open mindset about uh, what can be done, and yeah. also some more flexibility and imagination towards it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the tools are evolving rapidly also. So yeah. it's a good time, I think. Yeah, maybe I wanted to ask you because I think you said something that is very important uh, regarding converting from face-to-face -to, -face to online. And uh, you said uh, some programs may not be ready to be launched online because it entails a redesign of the program. No, we cannot really take the exact same curriculum, the exact same agenda that was planned for a residential or presential workshop and put it on an online platform or using whatever webinar platform. What do you, would you mind summarizing like um, some tips or some lesson learned that you had uh, regarding what does it mean to redesign? Sure. I think, no, that's, that's a very good question. Um, I think that the first step, um, so let's say if, you, if you're talking steps, how do you take a face-to-face -face course and how do you convert it to e-learning? I think the first step is really to um, kind of look again at your, what people sometimes call the scenario or the storyboard or the course structure architecture. There are so many words uh, that you can use. So basically, um, rather than taking a course and let's say an existing residential course and let's say, okay, let's transfer it like it is um, onto e-learning. I think it, it requires, first of all, to say, okay, let's look back at its course. How much can we convert um, in terms of availability of a participants or 
or easiness to transfer, to convey some of the skills and, and knowledge. So really to look at your architecture and say, okay, that we keep, that we don't, um, that we maybe um, keep for later, or we need to divide the course in three courses. So enter this transition with a very open mind and do not say, okay, we are going to replicate what we are doing face-to-face um, -face online. Just, okay, take your course and say, okay, what can we realistically achieve? And let's modify our course according to that. So that's my really first step. Sit down with uh, maybe your personal units, with your uh, subject aspect matter, with different with different people in the, in the, in, the, um, in the team and really try to completely re-architecture your course. That's my first recommendation. The second one is look at what you really have in terms of resources and, and recycle, reuse them as much as possible. Uh, do not spend all your resources. When I say resources, I'm saying time, I'm saying budget to redesign new resources. Use and adapt whatever can be adapted. And my third tip is focus on interaction. Uh, unless you're going to do a self-learn, self-paced learning course, but if you do a more, you know, if you do a, a facilitator late course, I would say really look at the interaction. How are you going to create interaction amongst the peers? How are you going to create interaction with the facilitator? And and lastly, also is how will you help your participants transfer what they have learned towards their professional practice? So my three tips is really redesign your courses with a very open mind, focus, I mean, recycle your, your existing content and then focus on interaction. Those are my three tips, which means a lot of things to do, but this is giving directions of where to go. Well, that's uh, well, uh, well spotted. And uh, I think also the summary you gave, it's, uh, it's very good and spot on. And uh, I like also the fact that you put it in a positive way that we don't have to build everything from scratch. We can reuse, we can, we can uh, readapt some of the materials. Yeah. We can also look for materials that are already available online, exactly. made by others, perhaps. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's uh, I think these are very good uh, practical tips that we can take into account. And um, since you were talking about uh, tips on how to make it work, um, I also wanted to have a follow-up question regarding maybe some um, inspiration, some uh, good practices, examples. Imagine that uh, uh, some trainers are now listening to us and uh, they would say, okay, this is all very good. These, uh, these rules are very nice, but can I see some practical examples? Did you have uh, any recent, uh, uh, let's say, experience with any website or platform that you would recommend to look for some inspiration? Um, yeah, that's a bit of a tricky question because first of all, what I do is I cannot share because it's, it's uh, from, my, from my clients. But what I kind of like these days, I work myself with Muru. So this is an important, um, important uh, information because there are so many learning platforms, uh, I myself work with Moodle, which I find very good. And uh, it's, it's an open platform. There is a huge community. And lately, uh, Moodle has, has, um, has launched some courses, some MOOCs. Hmm. They've got several uh, MOOCs that are, that are free to register that gives you an idea of what can be done, the best, the good practices with Moodle. 
They also have now a Moodle, Moodle educator certification, which is also very good for a small fee. Mm -hmm. So this is definitely, um, if for the, for the listeners working to use Moodle as their platform, I would recommend go on Moodle, look at all they have, they've created a lot of new, um, new resources and um, you can learn a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is a good tips. And actually, I also would like to compliment and uh, by leveraging on what you said, on the fact that uh, go to some of these courses and maybe take a course yourself. And actually, maybe a first step towards converting a face-to-face -face into an online program is actually reflecting about also ourselves, how we do learn online, how what, what are the things that we like doing when connected to an online platform and what does work and what doesn't. So also yeah. having this um, personal reflection on what uh, uh, is working for us perhaps can also influence how we absolutely yes i think i mean that's that's also always my recommendation if you are going to design e-learning courses be an e-learner yourself um experience what it takes experiment the challenges experiment the problems experiment the uh the the, the phases that a learner goes through so no no absolutely taking e-learning courses yourself is excellent advice actually <laughs> and then uh, to conclude, uh, we, were, we were highlighting, okay, what are, let's say, the good uh, steps to take uh, uh, forward. Maybe I'm just asking, since you have been in touch with uh, probably a lot of trainers or designers or HR professionals, what are the most common concerns shared by these uh, trainers or designers that will be in charge of designing a new program online from scratch? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, they are okay. Um, I think that um, time is the time is about is is a, the essence sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, in the sense that, and 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 I would say time is the essence is one of the challenge for the learners and also for the course designers because. Mm -hmm will require so of course it will require people have a I think tend to underestimate the time it will take mm -hmm. um, because first of all you need to uh, customize yourself with the platform in case the platform is new you need to understand what can be done um, you need to also rethink of the approach that we were saying early on you know this redesigning your course what can, how do you how do you make a, um, a, a group activity online? How do you organize a, um, a, um, a world cafe online? This kind of thing, you know, how can you do it? Or, or how do you convert it? So this kind of, how do you transfer it? And then the time it will take to recreate the course. And, and um, my advice is um, what I would really strongly recommend if you are going to adapt a course and a residential course to an online format, choose the course that is frequently repeated. Do not mm -hmm. choose the course which is a one-off because you will not get your course right the first time. Like in like in any residential course anyway. So it will take time, you know, to see, okay, that is working, that is not working. This is what I need to do the next time. So if you really want to leverage on your um, on your time, make sure that this course will be repeated maybe every year or every six months or every three months or whatever. So you can really um, 
you can really learn what is working, you can really improve your course. Um, this is the most profitable investment, I would say. Yeah, that's great. And I think it also relates to conversations we have had recently also on uh, instructional design models. The fact that, uh, you know, from analysis to implementation, it's not really like a waterfall or linear process, but no, really no, like no. a looping process or an iterative process. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So more agile. So we have, it's definitely this, uh, this, uh, this uh, online learning journey, it's definitely bringing all of us, not only learners, but also trainers and designers into a more agile approach, agile way of working. Sometimes yeah. Yeah. But the opportunities are immense. And I think if you're also looking at the challenge that we have now, which is the environmental challenge of we should travel less, for example, as trainers or as mm -hmm. partners. So I think e-learning can, can help us address the uh, rationalize what we do in terms of training and say, okay, some of this training, I'm not saying that all of the training should go online, but some of the training that we are doing should be transferred online also because it can cut down on our um, traveling, especially in, in an international environment. So yeah. I think that's, uh, I, I, to me, this is uh, this has become an important um, dimension of e-learning, also. Yeah, definitely, and also I also would add that uh, at least what is happening here at the training center is that uh, we are also more aware of uh, in, in most of the cases, maybe not in all, but we are more aware of the impact or of the uh, let's say learning gains of participants because we are compiling more data as well about what is. Mm -hmm. uh, what is happening in online environments about their participation about their interaction mm -hmm. about their um, reactions etc mm -hmm. so i would say that all in all it it has been um, a very insightful uh, learning journey mm -hmm. yeah no, it's, a, it's new to, it's i think it's we're starting new times in in, uh, in training really and we should not miss on this on this uh, new direction so well, opportunity. <laughs> well, thank you. No, I think that's a, that's a positive way to to conclude this conversation. I think uh, we we really touched upon many many things, opportunities, challenges, also some uh, guidelines and tips, as well as uh, opportunities to get inspired and learn on the go. So I really thank you because it was a very interesting conversation, and uh, I think we gave a lot of food for thought. For, to, to future uh, e-learning designers. That's good. I'm happy to do that. Okay. Then thank you for your time and have a great rest of the day. Yes, you too. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the e-learning design podcast, a series of episodes to freely talk about e-learning design in the development sector. Stay tuned. More updates from Learning Innovation soon.